Welcome to Today's Issues, offering a Christian response to the issues of the day. Here's your host, Tim Wildman, President of the American Family Association. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to this uh, Monday edition of Today's Issues on the American Family Radio Network. April the 11th, 2022 is the date. Good morning, Ed Vitagliano. Good morning, Tim Wildman. Chris Woodward. Good morning. Fred Jackson's out. He's on his Canadian sabbatical. Uh, Just today. Huh? He'll be back tomorrow. Canadian sabbatical. That sounds like something you want to eat. It was a heavy metal band back in the 70s. Instead of Canadian bacon. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Give me some of that. Canadian sabbatical. Canadian sabbatical. Yeah, it sounds like a quiche or something, doesn't it? Yeah. All right. So anyway, thanks for joining us today on the program, everybody. And uh, anything you want to share? Any observations you have from life in general, Ed, since Friday? Uh, Observations on life in general? Yeah. Yeah, that's what this show's about right here. Uh, Well. I just thought I'd give you the floor is what I'm saying to you. I I do have a little story that's kind of humorous. Uh, is this is this appropriate place to absolutely we well, need to get our monday started off on a good note go okay. ahead and share that with us well as you know and many of our listeners know i'm a city boy from up north and i married a mississippi girl and have lived in mississippi since 1985 but i still sometimes struggle with thick country accents so that what people say is not necessarily what i hear so Friday, my wife and I, we'd gone to Walmart, and then we stopped at this little store, a little farm supply store in the middle of Pontotoc called Reader's. She had to pick up chicken feed. I've got nothing to do with the chickens. That's all her. She likes them. I like to watch them walk around sometimes. A big 50-pound bag. So she goes in to pay. I open the trunk, move some stuff around. She comes back in, gets in the car. This young guy comes out, big old 50-pound bag of chicken feet on his shoulder, walks right up to me, and he says, okay, this is what he says. I'll tell you what I heard in a minute. He says, layer crumbles, okay? That's a type of chicken feed as opposed to pellets. So big big bag on his shoulder, layer crumbles. What I heard him say was, Larry crumbles. And I said, no, it's not us. I said, but we are, I said, I, I am expecting a bag of chicken feed. And he said, Larry crumbles. Right. And right. I said, no, no. I mean, the parking lot's full of trucks and stuff, people waiting right. on their orders. Right. I'm thinking. Sure. He's uh, looking for Larry crumbles. Yes. Chicken feed for Larry crumbles. And he says it again, Larry crumbles. I said, no, my yeah. name is Ed Vitagliano. I said, but I am waiting for chicken feed. And then he understood and. And laughed. And so I got in the, I finally got in the car. I put it in the trunk. I got in the car. My wife said, does that guy know you from the radio or something? What were you telling him your name for? And I explained the situation and she's been mocking me the whole weekend. Right. That's funny. I could see how, I could see how Lair would have been pronounced Larry. Larry Crumbles. Larry Crumbles. Mm. Yeah. Well, since we're adding little humorous incidents from the weekend. So Walker, my youngest son, he's. He's, we're golfing yesterday, right? Right. So I'm in a separate car with my uncle, and Walker's in the car with two of his four boys. Okay. Okay. So you got Samuel. You got Luke, five, four. 
You got Samuel. It's not your one job of the twins. To how old no, I can't. I can't anymore. There's too many birthdays. Yes. You know what I'm saying? There's just like a blur, like a string of birthdays. Yeah. Uh, during the, but it's hard to remember how old all my grandchildren are at any one given time. Right. That's right. So, so understand in the golf course. So Walker is way away from Larry and I. Yeah. As we're playing golf. So when when our carts get back together on down the hole, in 20 mile an hour winds, by the way, which is comical if yours <laughs> it is it's, it's goofy golf anyway so walker pulls up to us and samuel the three-year-old <clears throat> got rosy cheeks from yeah just he, he just he just a uh, cute little fella and he looks at me and he goes daddy hit ball lake <laughs> <laughs> i didn't even ask him what happened and he you know he just wanted me to know daddy hit ball lake <laughs> <laughs> and he, he, like, he didn't know that he's telling on his dad yeah. for a terrible shot, yes. which went into the lake. He just thought he just thought Poppy needed to know <laughs> that uh, Daddy's ball is is, is now, gone. Yep, it's gone, gone forever. forever. <laughs> it's in the lake. And he, anyway, Walker goes, "Thanks for telling on me, son." <laughs> that will be the last time. Yeah. All right. So anyway, hope you had a great weekend, everybody. Chris, first story. All right. Uh, this is all the more reason, I think, to have a conversation, A, with your teachers about what is uh, planned for the classroom, and two, talk with your child about what they're learning in school. This won't be the last time we talk about it on this program. It's going to be another state or city tomorrow. But as you probably heard Rusty Pugh mention at the top of the hour, for those listening um, just before the show aired, uh, you've got New Jersey first graders learning about gender identity and new sex ed lessons. Planned sex education lessons for first graders in New Jersey will include discussions of gender identity outraging some parents and Republican politicians, including potential presidential candidate and former Governor Chris Christie. Um, I'm reading from the New York Post here. It says a 30-minute lesson called Pink, Blue, and Purple aims to teach the six-year-olds to define gender, gender identity, and gender role stereotypes. In New Jersey? In New Jersey. Has this been, has this been a, adopted by the uh, state government in some fashion, or is it being considered at the state legislative level? At this point, it looks like it's a local move. It says uh, it also includes instructions for teachers to tell students that their gender identity is up to them. That's according to materials reportedly Listen, distributed to parents at a local New board Jer of education. New Jersey is a blue state, mm -hmm. but it's not crazy blue. Uh, the Republican almost, almost. won the mm -hmm. gubernatorial race, uh, what, last year? Right. Before last? So you had Chris Christie was elected there. Right. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what kind of – this is what happened in – this is what turned Virginia from trending blue to red. Very quickly. This kind of thing. Mm -hmm. and, and I will say this, too. This is not the kind of thing, let's say it does change New Jersey red or, you know, some offices flip. Um, the problem for the Democrats, as we've said on this program, is there's there's no off-ramp for them. when it, they're, they're so all in on this transgender nonsense. They can't just simply say, okay, well, we got – we got trounced in the midterms here in 2022, just speaking hypothetically. Mm -hmm. So we need to reverse course on that because that's obviously upsetting. Well, they can't do that. They can't do that because they have committed on principle to the radical left of their party that is pushing all of this. They've got corporations pushing mm -hmm. it. They can't get they can't exit 
this highway. Yeah. So true. this, if this goes south, <clears throat> I know you don't like that expression, <clears throat> Tim. If this goes badly for them in terms of electoral politics, they don't have an easy way out. Yeah. I think this is one of the reasons, one of the many reasons why kids are, there's a lot of gender confusion out there. Because you're in your home, your mom or dad referred to you as a boy or a girl, you go to church probably, here's Sunday school, uh, lessons on God created male and female, and then you go to school, and a person that you're told to trust and believe and don't question is telling you that you look one way, but you might be the other, and here's my TikTok video explaining all of it, and then you go home and you're completely confused. Right. You start to question well, your mom and dad. Well, here, here's part of the problem, and really this is part of the problem for the homosexual community as well, for their agenda. But in terms of the transgender movement, basically half a percent of the country is transgender. Okay, Half a percent. You're under 3% for the whole LGBTQ community. All right. You are never, ever going to convince most people in this country that that is typical. Okay, so you're always going to be a tiny sliver of the population. Yes, I know corporations are going crazy with it on their ads, but there's no way the average family is ever going to be confronted with this issue. And the point I'm making is they are going to raise their kids by addressing what is typical and what we would call normal in terms of human sexuality and gender, and that is going to run into the conf- – and that is why these kids are going to be confused from now yeah. on because nobody said anything about this until school, and now they're being taught something that is evidently, self-evidently not true about reality. Yeah. You're listening to today's issues on the American Family Radio Network. Uh, related to this, Chris, mm-hmm. and we'll watch what goes on there in New Jersey, but related, a couple of the, the stories that are related to this. One is the Biden administration uh, is changing the uh, passports. Yes, starting today. Right, t- tell us about that. Yeah, uh, traditionally, historically, uh a person with a passport, when they're leaving the U.S. or coming back home, uh, they're going to show somebody their passport, and it's going to identify that individual as male or female. That'll still be the case. But now, starting today, uh, people have the option of being listed as gender X. On, which, the, pa- on the U.S. passport. On the U.S. passports. Which this means is Bi- neither this is male or female. This is Biden's choice. It is. And it follows his whole, we're going to celebrate all okay. this stuff last week. And I brought this up this morning in our meeting. <clears throat> If you're going to change the passport, U.S. passport, to say, uh, and I'm assuming this is going to happen on these uh, whacked-out blue state driver's licenses. Sure. Oh, it already has okay. in some of them. Uh, okay. Then if you're going to say you can put, uh, you don't have to check male or female, you can check, what did you say, others? X. Other, mm-hmm. uh, X. X. Then there's no point in having uh, to identify a sex at all, gender at all, right? On your passport, because if if you can make up whatever you want to be, how? What what would be the? I know I'm asking our rhetorical question here, I guess, but as the uh, people who wherever this committee existed long ago, 
who sat down and said, let's, let's uh, create a United States passport. Mm-hmm. Why do you think they put on there, check uh, whether you're a male or female in the first place? What would, what would be the answer to that, Ed, do you think? Well, it just helps identify the person because it's not just male or female. Mm-hmm. It's hair color. It's eye color. It's race. Okay. I think, it's, I think it's height and weight. Maybe may height and weight. I and think so I had to get mine out. But the, yeah. the, point, the point is we want to be able to identify this person when they're in our country. Okay. Okay, so, so that's so why you, they have a that's picture. That's why you have male or female. Right. That's one of the identifying factors, a big one, to, uh, to uh, validate your passport. Because yes. this says you are who you say you are. You're now in the database. Your yeah. name is attached to a description. So if the name ever goes out, then you yes. can identify who that person is. Right. So you can't identify somebody who doesn't know whether they're a male or female. So my point is, let's just do scrap it. Just scrap male, female. If you're going to put on there, you can be anything you want to as long as you identify with it. That doesn't that that messes up the whole system. Yeah. Right. On on gender identity for the purposes of having a passport. You're, now you're saying this tongue in cheek, obviously, because. This is the absurdity. We've brought this up before when we're talking about how the police identify a suspect. Let's say there's a bank robbery. We talked about this this morning in our meeting. If there's a bank robbery and the police put out an all-points bulletin, they typically will say a white or a black or Hispanic male, uh, six foot tall. Sure. Wear, know, wearing wear, a blue jacket. Wearing what? a blue jacket. And now if you say, well... It's it's a, a black person, but I, I don't want to say that because I don't want to be racist. And I can't say whether it's a male or a female mm-hmm. because that's that's uh, referring to binary gender. A person. Well, now the, an all-points bulletin makes no sense. <laughs> right. I know. A person robbed the bank, and so be on the lookout for a person. <clears throat> right. So, anyways, this is how ridiculous this whole movement is. Yeah. To, uh, again, Ed described it. Well, this is really against God's design, and it's against nature. It is. It's people rebelling against God telling them how they must live. Am I right in the the end? Yeah. And one of those is uh, Joe Biden, who has long claimed to be a person of faith. You know, trust me, believe me, I go to church too. I pray on a daily basis. Uh, But reading from USA Today here, it says U.S. citizens will be able to select X as the gender marker on their passport instead of M or F starting today. And it, went, it goes on to say that in June, the State Department announced the initiation of the ex-gender marker and said it would mean transgender travelers would no longer have to provide medical certification if their gender identity does not line up with the marker on their birth certificate or other documents. And it goes on to yeah. celebrate human rights campaigns efforts. Well, I won't, I won't make a comment on Joe Biden's quote-unquote faith. I will say he is clearly in rebellion against God in a Romans 1 Oh, kind sure. of way, yeah. refusing to give God glory and the honor due him. They, speaking about those in Romans mm-hmm. 1, who are rebelling against God, have become fools. And this is foolish, but it's foolish to the detriment, especially of young people. Yeah, and it's happening in a lot of denominations, too. Uh, right. Evangelicals, Catholics, non-denominational. You're seeing a lot of this gender fluidity, soji stuff, even right. in seminaries. Uh, hey, so, b- by the way, on a good news front, in the state of Alabama, they said, uh, we know what a boy and a girl is. They did, yes. Didn't they? They did. And Governor K. Ivey yeah. signed it into law right. last yeah. Friday. 
Right. Uh, so you're going to see a lot of states, I think, moving in this direction. Uh, it all started kind of with the parental rights and education law in Florida that they're now being sued over. Ohio, as we discussed last Thursday on the program, they're moving in that uh, direction. So is Alabama. They actually combined a bathroom bill with the parental rights and education language that got uh, passed. And then uh, also they want to basically ban or outlaw uh, unnecessary procedures on minors that try to alter their uh, gender. Uh, so Where yeah, is that? In Alabama. Okay, yeah. There, there, a lot of states are moving in this direction. Um, we're probably – this is going to be – now that a lot of states have passed the guys can't compete in female sports bills, you're starting to see this in other states. And you know what? You know what's going to happen? And you don't have to be a genius to figure this out because – the federal judiciary is split between people who understand the law, who hold to the law, the intent of the laws as written, and those who like to legislate from the bench, mm -hmm. because that's what the, how the federal judiciary is split. What you're going to have are these laws, the kind like that was passed in Florida, parental rights and education mm -hmm. bill, and then the uh, the sports laws protecting women's sports. You're going to find federal judges who strike these laws down, and these will have to go before the Supreme Court right. because these leftist judges will not respect the right of legislatures to pass laws. They want to be the ones that have the final say. So this stuff's going to go up, up the ladder. to the, the Supreme Court is going to continue to have to hear these kinds of cases because of leftist judges who refuse sure. to respect the legislative branch. In our country, we'll we'll figure out where uh, Judge Katanji or Justice Katanji Brown Jackson uh, comes down on that issue. Although I would guess she's going to say that she's going to rule in favor of the transgender yep. issues. Uh, so we'll see. By the way, if you want to watch this show, Facebook or YouTube, you can uh, go there. Facebook or YouTube, just type in today's issues, today's issues, and we're streaming. <clears throat> Excuse me, we're posting the stories that we discuss on our today's issues Facebook page. Very soon, we're going to have our own streaming service, so we will be referring you there. Mm -hmm. And I'm talking about live streaming of our shows that we put on American Family Radio, including including this one. Dr. Fauci, where, where's he been? He was back on TV yesterday, right? Yes. I just, just saw him on the Fox News channel yeah. we have up here. in our Dr. Anthony Fauci, the head of the uh, – what is he the head of? Well, uh, the National Institutes on, uh, in, uh, let's see, Allergies and Infectious Diseases. I forget what that is if you just put Yes, National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases. Uh, diseases. He's also said, the I chief medical advisor to the president. I just said that. Yes, I was, yeah. I was, I was <laughs> confirming. Yeah. You know what? I just saw a picture of him. He was the video of him. He's being interviewed. And you know who he reminds me of, except with glasses, is the, the kid on Mad Magazine. You remember? <laughs> the kid, the what, what me worry guy. Yeah, yeah. What kinda, was the guy's name? Ah, uh, uh, he has a name. The freckles. Yeah, with well, one of the freckles. But he, that's Newman, what, Newman. Yes, Alfred Newman. E. Newman. Alfred E. Newman. Yeah, yeah. Kind of reminds you of Alfred E. Newman. Yeah, huh? sure does. That's or, not very, or or Larry Crumbles, which not very flattering. To, uh, but anyway, he, uh, you know, Doctor Fauci didn't get in it. He didn't get his job because of his good looks. Yeah, <laughs> right. No, he well, got, neither did he, I. He got his. He got that job because. Uh, his knowledge on said topics. Yes. 
What? Uh, so what? Where? What did he say? He says we're gonna have to learn to live with COVID, right? Yes, and of course this will change tomorrow, next Thursday, and two weeks from Saturday because he's right. all over the place on these issues. But yeah, uh, Fauci is now of the opinion that it's up to us to assess our own personal COVID nineteen risks uh, in terms of whether or not we need to get tested, wear a mask, uh, get more shots for the ninth, tenth, eleventh hey, time. Yeah, the COVID is gone as far as a right now at least. In terms of a serious threat to a person's individual health. Yes. With rare, rare, rare exceptions. Okay. Uh, I'm hearing, I know a lot of people who've got COVID even in the last month who it's a two day cold. Mm -hmm, You know what I'm saying? So it's dissipating in terms of its, what would you call it? Um, uh, potency, I guess you could say, uh, it, now again, I'm not. It may come back in another strand in that the fall. And or Fauci something. is not ruling that out, right? It, it may. Who knows? What, well, what, I, I read in the in the paper that our local hospital, yeah, really really big medical concern here in in Tupelo, where our flagship station is. They no longer had anyone in the hospital due to COVID. Yeah, so we've got to move on and quit acting like I, I'm even tired of having these COVID cases reported. Uh, and you know, like the breaking news, the mayor of New York says oh. he tested positive for COVID. This happened yesterday, and I'm going so. <laughs> well, Nancy Pelosi. Breaking news. Nancy Pelosi was it Nancy Pelosi? It was Nancy it? and Saki have both. Pelosi. Oh, well, well, they had breakthrough cases, guys. Yeah, yeah. breakthrough. They've been they've been they've been vaxxed, uh, boosted, boosted, uh, and uh, boosted, I screamed, boosted again. And they and Jen Psaki got it twice in three months. Yeah. yeah. So the vaccine doesn't help you at all against right. getting a getting a COVID. And as, as I say, COVID's just turning into a couple. It's like even less than the flu for a lot of people. Yeah. Now the concern with uh well the supposed concern with Pelosi last week is that just before she was uh, announced as having tested positive she was at that big brouhaha where everybody <clears throat> was there to uh, meet President Obama and nobody cared about Joe Biden so she was nobody there was yeah. masked yeah and nobody was masked um, and so lo and behold she tests positive and that was the concern is you know she was around all these people and now they're all going to spread it and whatever else but yeah. if you do put your faith and trust in the shots then it shouldn't be that big of a concern. So, yeah, you know, we'll see. Yeah, so we just need to move on here. And, you know, if somebody gets COVID, stay home. Right. You know, yeah. if you're sick. Like with, with the flu. If you're sick, stay home. Yep. I know yeah. a lot of workplaces that have, have gone with that new policy. Like, if you don't feel good, stay home. If somebody at your home has tested positive but you're okay, then you can come in. Same thing with a lot of schools now. Uh, I know one school in our area, I'm not going to say the name, but it's pretty much like they've gotten to the point where they told teachers, look, if you feel fine, please come in. We can't keep shutting stuff down. Right. Basically. No, exactly right. You get that We're just going to have to treat this like the flu or anything else so that does it communicable. Mm-hmm. It's not going to the lungs any longer. Right. Like it was in the first round of Delta. Delta in that first round of COVID. It was a more serious threat to your, especially if you had comorbidities, because that infection was going down to people's lungs. Right. Well, it's not doing that anymore, except rare, 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 rare uh, situations. Uh, but we don't make public policy for ninety nine point nine percent of the people based on zero zero point one right. threat. You can't live like that. Yeah. 
All right, you're Unless listening. Unless you're talking about transgender people, then you do make policies. Uh, to you just bingo, Dan. Yeah. You just bingo. I knew that was coming. <laughs> I, huh? I didn't even let you get through before I, I read your mind. <laughs> he went. He's, he learned how to play long. bingo from Larry Crumbles. It yeah. Crumbles, yeah. It doesn't take long to read my mind. It's a short story. No, I'm it's not basically Larry. a short story. Yeah, you must. You need to go to the car behind me because I'm not Larry Crumbles. I'm <laughs> <laughs> Ed Tagliano. Uh, Larry Crumbles? No, uh, that's hey, not I, order. I, I, I lived in the South my whole life, but there are some people back in the woods I can't understand that's either. That's right. Huh? <laughs> we'll be back momentarily with more of today's today's issues on AFR. When you hear this, this is American Family News. You know what follows is the truth. Your news from a Christian perspective. Hundreds of teachers are going to have to walk into that school building and they are forced to swallow political ideology that in many cases violates their very faith and conscience. If you miss it at the top of the hour, American Family News podcasts are available at AFN.net and sign up for our daily news brief at AFN.net. And my father, your great-grandfather, fought in World War II. Really? He was a gunner on the big ship out in the Pacific Ocean. Wow. Your great-grandmother did her part, too. Was she on a ship? Oh, no. She stayed back home. She and a lot of her friends worked really hard in a factory because the men had gone off to war. And they held scrap metal drives to help in the war effort. The folks back home were heroes, too. Here at the American Family Association, we consider you the heroes back home. As you fulfill your responsibility of caring for your family day to day, your partnership with us is crucial as we fight the enemies of freedom in America. Thank you for your commitment to the American Family Association. Grandpa, what's a scrap metal drive? (laughs) Let's get some cookies and I'll tell you all about it. Hello, Americans. I'm Todd Stern. Stand by for news and commentary next. Uh, my goal as a teacher is, is to impart knowledge and then be able then for them to take it and turn it into wisdom. As we teach, I think, okay, five years down the road, how will the material that I am teaching them really affect their lives and their careers? Hi, Todd Starnes here. Truett offers biblically-centered degree programs. Check out truett.edu slash Starnes. Texas Governor Greg Abbott has a message for President Biden. There's a convoy of illegals, and they're traveling eastbound and down to Washington, D.C. The Republican governor announcing he's loading up buses with illegal aliens, and he's shipping them directly to the steps of the U.S. Capitol. Governor Abbott says he's frustrated by the administration's inaction at the southern border. As many as a million illegals are threatening to overwhelm Border Patrol agents, more are on the way. The governor says he's sick and tired of illegals being dumped in small towns and communities across the Lone Star State. If President Biden will not honor his responsibilities as outlined in the Constitution, the governor of Texas should take immediate action and shut down the border. As for those convoys, he needs to drop off a bunch of illegals at the vice president's house and then head up Interstate 95 to Wilmington, Delaware. The way I see it, if Texas has to suffer, so should Joe Biden's hometown. I'm Todd Starnes. 
A bruised reed he will not break, and a smoldering wick he will not extinguish. He will faithfully bring forth justice. He will not grow weak or discouraged before he has established justice on the earth. In his law, the islands will put their hope. Isaiah 42, 3 and 4. American Family Radio. This is today's issues. Email your comments to comments at AFR.net. Past broadcasts of today's issues are available for listening and viewing in the archive at AFR.net. Now, back to more of today's issues. Welcome back to today's issues on the American Family Radio Network. Should you want to send us an email, it's, uh, the address is comments at AFR.net, comments at AFR.net. When is our AFR Spring share Well, it is uh, next week, okay. uh, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. It is the 19th, 20th, and 21st of April. <clears throat> yeah, that's right around the corner. Yeah. We always enjoy share It's a... Uh, uh, Excellent time we get to listen to. I love the listener testimonies. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So we're looking forward to that. It's our. We do this uh, twice a year, where we have our shareathons. That's when we subtly and not so subtly ask you for money. Uh, huh? I, I don't recall anything subtle about shareathon. That's. Three three days of saying, folks, we need this is the way this is the way the world works. We're passing the offering plate. That's right. Huh? <laughs> our, and our listeners are always so generous to absolutely to support our ministry, and so we we uh, we look forward to that next week. Yeah. All right, Chris, next story. Well, I do want to mention real quick. I, I want to apologize to anybody whose town name I might pr- mispronounce because, uh, like here in Mississippi, we have a Lafayette County, but yes. I'll take calls from people that are calling from like Lafayette. Right. And so sometimes I always have this like pause. Um, Louisville Lafayette is would be in uh, Louisiana. Yes, or is that Indiana? I've taken some calls. Louisiana from, and from Indiana, both, actually, yeah. Uh, and then uh, we have a Louisville, Mississippi, but there's a Louisville, Kentucky. Right. So sometimes I will mispronounce your name, and I do apologize yeah, in it's advance. Okay. So it happens. Did you do that today? Uh, not today. He's talking about during Sheraton when he answers oh, the phone. Oh, okay. I see. Everybody right. on staff here answers the phone, even uh, celebrities like Chris Woodward. <laughs> Public and, figure. And, and yeah. uh, so that's what he's talking about. Okay. Yeah. All right, Chris, next story. Well, uh, I mean, the, this Hunter Biden situation, uh, hardly an hour goes by now. Which without, situation are you referring to, Chris? Uh, well, the one where he was trying to help out the big guy. Uh, and get him some extra money on top of what Hunter was making in his business dealings in places like Ukraine and other parts of the world, China. And China. Um, Miranda Devine is one of the uh, people that's been following this closely. I mean, people often say she wrote the book on this. She literally wrote a book on Hunter Biden's laptop. Um, And uh, she's been doing a lot of press now. Uh, Miranda has written a column. Uh, New York Post published this. The headline is, The Biden Family Scheme Unravels, and it continues to involve these emails on Hunter's laptop uh, that seemed to indicate uh, he was doing some things to not only pad his bottom line, but help out his dad overseas, make some extra money. Um, Just reading some excerpts here from Miranda's column. It says, it's not just the emails and other material on Hunter's abandoned laptop that point to Joe Biden's involvement in his family's multi-million dollar global influence peddling schemes when he was vice president. 
There's also a six-hour interview that Hunter's former business partner, Tony Bobolinski gave to the FBI last year, along with a treasure trove of documents, emails, and encrypted messages. This situation or discussion continued this morning on Fox and Friends. I've got some audio here. Uh, this is Miranda Devine saying there's miles and miles of evidence showing Joe Biden was involved with Hunter's business dealings. Clip five. There's a lot of evidence that not only did Joe Biden meet multiple of Hunter Biden's overseas business partners when he was vice president, but he also uh, was involved financially with Hunter and uh, he and Hunter had uh, co-mingled finances, they had shared bank accounts, and there is some evidence on the laptop that uh, Hunter Biden was paying some of his father's bills. Now, the unfortunate thing about all this is we now know that even the left-wing news outlets, you know, New York Post, Washington Post, have said in recent weeks, okay, Hunter's laptop was real. We should have reported on it. We, we this, The country would have saved itself a lot of headaches had all this just come out a couple of years ago when the New York Post put out the information that Hunter had a laptop and there's all kinds yep. of stuff on it. Well, the problem with that was it was two weeks before the election and the liberal media, including the big social media giants, were all in for Biden. Mm -hmm. And even if it meant suppressing the truth, if it meant suppressing the truth about Hunter Biden and potentially Joe Biden <clears throat> making money off, uh, making millions of dollars, and, and other problems that were on that laptop that yeah. he left at the computer store. Uh, the the media had already decided we can't let Trump win, so we've got to do whatever we can, including suppressing the, this story. You know, <clears throat> this is this is the 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 this Hunter Biden laptop is the gift that keeps on giving, right. I guess, for Republicans uh, and. You know, if you're a Democrat, especially if you're a Democrat uh, official, you've got to go, when is this going to stop? They've got thousands more emails. Who knows what's on there? What gets me is uh, a little bit, and I guess there's there, how, what else are they supposed to do uh, claim, and that is with with the White House and with Biden defenders, Jen Psaki included, they claim that Hunter Biden did it, didn't do anything illegal. You don't know that. You don't know that because there could, first of all, uh, what's what's already been know, known mm -hmm. about uh, the millions of dollars he made off China business deals and the millions of dollars he made off uh, Ukrainian business deals and others. <clears throat> you, you don't know that. Uh, so you can't categorically say, seems to me, with any reasonable certainty, my, uh, Hunter Biden, knowing his escapades and the life that he lived, basically one of debauchery, yeah. it appears. So, uh, and, and wheeling and dealing around the world off his daddy's name, you know, off his daddy's uh, position in the government. For you to say, we, you know, he didn't do anything wrong or illegal, there, there is no way for you to know that with any certainty. Yeah, because not only do you, whoever this hypothetical person is, not only do you probably not have access to all of what was on the Hunter Biden laptop, but I don't even know if Marie, uh, Miranda Devine mentioned this in the clip you just played, but uh, there was also 
Hunter Biden's business partner, this Tony Bobolinsky. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. He gave a, he was interviewed by the FBI for six hours right. last year and gave them all sorts of do- documents, uh, uh, emails, encrypted messages, whatever. You also don't know what's in those, right? Right. So there, there could because be a, you never talked to your son about his business deals. Yeah, and and who believes that? <laughs> nobody, nobody, nobody. That was the first problem right. in this whole story. Is come on, you trying to tell me you never talked to your son? Right. Who 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 and does that? And you're telling me that he, uh, Joe Biden is saying my son Hunter is the smartest person I've ever known. Mm-hmm. Right. And I'm thinking he's the smartest person you've ever known, but you don't even talk to him about his life. Right. His businesses, his money. So how that's, do you know he's smart? How do you know? Yeah. That's, <laughs> so anyway, it's all a bunch of yeah. well, garbage. How, and you know what? It probably wouldn't go anywhere if not for this. Uh, uh, is it a – who's investigating Hunter Biden? He's up for he, – he potentially is in trouble for tax evasion. Right. That's what he's in trouble he's for. He's under a grand jury investigation in Delaware. In Delaware. Okay. Well, and let me just say this. that I forget the percentage. I want to say it was 17% of Democrats – after the 2020 election said, no, I didn't hear anything about the Hunter Biden laptop right, story. Right. And there was a significant percentage of those who said, I would not have voted for Joe Biden had I known this, which goes to the point that we've been making, everyone's been making, that the mainstream media, even even Fox News, if I'm not mistaken, did they, did they cover this when the New York Post broke this story? I think so. Okay. And it was largely attributed to the New York Post. Okay, so you have the New York Post, Fox News, hardly anyone else touching this story. Right. They very well could have influenced the election in favor of no. Joe Biden on this one issue alone. N- not only did they refuse to touch the story, they called it, I'm talking about Facebook and, uh, and Twitter, Twitter yep. and Washington Post, they were saying, that, and, the, and Jen Psaki, this is before she was press secretary for the White House, but she was a Democrat campaign operative, saying that this was uh, Russian disinformation. Yes. Russian disinformation. No, that's what they said. That's yeah. what she said. The, the Hunter, Biden, Hunter Biden laptop story was, was uh, Russian disinformation. Yeah. When, and now it turns out, uh, uh, New York Post had already verified the belief. Yes validity of the uh the laptop that hunter biden left and all the emails that were on there yeah so if he's the smartest guy yeah i, I believe joe biden that he's the, that hunter is the smartest guy joe biden knows okay because who takes if you're hunter biden who takes their laptop to a to the, <laughs> to the corner repair shop and leaves and it leaves forever it and ever with all that stuff on it Allegedly. The smartest guy Joe Biden's ever done. That's what I'm saying. Uh, You teed that up for Chris. Chris knocked it over the fence. That's right. Okay, next story, Chris. I'm tired of talking about Hunter and Joe Biden right now. Okay. Um, Let's mention this real quick. It is an update uh, to something myself, uh, Ed, and Fred talked about while you were in Israel. While you were in Israel, there was some good news out of Finland where that uh, lawmaker Pavi Rosinen she was cleared of hate speech charges in connection with things she said on Twitter and in a pamphlet about sexuality, homosexuality, that kind of stuff. Uh, she was brought up on hate speech charges along with a bishop who worked with her on a pamphlet back in like 2004. So we were that was good news, and we let off the show with it uh, to say that she had been cleared of all charges. Um, in Finland... 
they actually have the opportunity, prosecutors do, where if they don't like a ruling on something, even if it clears somebody, the prosecutors can then appeal that to a higher court. And unfortunately, prosecutors in Finland are appealing that recent positive ruling in favor of Pavi Rosinen. And um, I spoke with um, one of her attorneys, uh, Paul Coleman of ADF International. He told us late last month that uh, the ruling would indeed probably be appealed. Clip 10. And because this case has become so politicized in Finland, because the prosecutor has uh, been so hostile to freedom of speech, we expect, uh, sadly, this case to be appealed. I bring all that up because leading up to the ruling, we were issuing calls for you know to pray for her and for her attorneys, the bishop as well, the prosecutors, the judges, all that stuff. I think now is a good time to remember her, especially with this being uh, the week of Easter or Resurrection Sunday, to uh, you know um, <clears throat> offer some prayers on her behalf. Well, absolutely, because I would hate to think that a politician anywhere uh, in the supposed free West. Mm-hmm would face these kind of charges and a bishop. In other words, Christianity and the Bible being on trial. Mm -hmm. We're not talking about China or North Korea or Iran. We're talking about Finland. We're talking about a westernized country. And so, yes, folks, continue to pray. That uh, What's her name again? Pavi Rosanen. I'm sure I'm not saying it correctly. Okay. It's not Larry Crumbles, but it's (laughs) it's up there. So we we do Uh, have that. Yes. Thank you for that, Chris. Uh, yes, uh, anytime. Uh, let's mention this real quick because uh, talking about how Hunter Biden may be an issue for uh, Democrats in this election, I think really the economy, everything from food prices, uh, energy prices, gasoline prices, all those are going to be things people take with them into the voting booth uh, in this midterm election. In recent days, uh, a restaurant owner in Massachusetts, I believe it was, uh, Minnesota, uh, up north family cafe. They decided they were going to close their doors after years of being in operation. And the owner, Martha Brandow, she was on Fox and Friends talking about this. She said inflation was the reason why they decided to close. Uh, the cost of everything had gone up. People were coming in less and less, which you know they were losing money on top of having to spend more money on ingredients, stuff like that. Uh, and I spoke with an organization called Job Creators Network saying we're going to see more cases like this, unfortunately, as we go through this year. So I've combined a little bit of what Martha Brandow told Fox and Friends along with what Alfredo Ortiz of Job Jobs Creators Network told me. It is clip 11. It was getting to a point where less people were dining out um, the last three, four months, which took our sales down 50%. And then... 30 to 50% increase in product, it got to a point where it was kind of a no-brainer for my husband and I to say, now is the time. Small businesses are really the backbone of our communities, and as they are holding our communities together, they also hold our economy, they hold our country together. Look at who's funding the Little League, stuff like that on a local basis. I mean, it's your local car dealer, it's your restaurants. These are the actual small businesses that hold our communities and make our communities thrive. And so, once these small businesses start going away, our communities start falling apart. And also, one last point, Chris, you know, two-thirds of new job growth usually rests in the hands of small businesses. So as these small businesses start shutting down or start feeling less confident about the future, we're going to start seeing hiring really come to a grinding halt. You know, restaurants really, especially smaller ones, family-owned, mm-hmm. they were already hit devastated by the COVID lockdowns. Now we've come out of all that. And then inflation hits because of 
in large part, not only mm. this, but in large part due to President Biden's policies. And those are going to be the first things when you have to start raising your prices so much to cover your costs, people just stop going to restaurants. Now, they have to go to grocery stores, mm -hmm. but they don't have to go to restaurants. And that's what I think this restaurant owner was saying. She she was talking about this is where people start to cut back. And this is just devastating these small non-chain restaurants. Mm -hmm. the, you know, we're not talking about the Burger King or the Applebee's or those. Yeah. We're talking about the small family-owned businesses that this uh, individual is saying really are the backbone of the community. They're they're going to be one of the first businesses hit and put out of business by inflation because people will cut that out first to stay afloat with their budgets. Yeah, I think um, talking about how you know what all small businesses do for an economy. If all these things start to go away, local governments are going to have no question, no no choice but to raise taxes to try to bring in the revenue they're losing from all these places closing. Who ends up paying that? The person already being hit by higher food prices at the grocery store, right. the higher electric bill, the higher gas prices, stuff like that. I mean, people are going to have like a quadruple whammy uh, on top of the cost of living on November. Well, that, November. that's why at the tail end of the Jimmy Carter, Jimmy Carter yeah. administration and the uh, end of the 70s, that's why they were hit with, we were hit with stagflation because high inflation, you'd think, is one problem but then it stagnates the economy because everything else gets gummed up and businesses start going out of business. So thank you, uh, President Biden. Yes. President Biden's America. <laughs> All right. In other news this segment, um, Elon Musk, uh, we talked about this last week. It was announced that he was going to be on the board of directors at Twitter mm -hmm. because he owns a large portion of the company now. And a lot of people were excited about this thinking he was going to bring in uh, some big sweeping changes to uh, Twitter. Uh, just a few examples that hit the news cycle last week. Apparently, or supposedly, Musk had thrown out the idea of converting Twitter's headquarters into a homeless shelter and all kinds of stuff. <laughs> you know, things that would things that were getting a lot of shares and likes on uh, social media platforms and stuff like that. Well, it was reported over the weekend that uh, Musk is not going to be on the board. And some people were disappointed by that because he's not going to be there to to vote, um, you know, voice changes and stuff like that. I do have some interesting audio here, I think at least, of uh, entrepreneur and author Vivek Ramaswamy. He was on Fox well, and Friends today. Vivek Ramaswamy. That's, is that's the fellow's name? It is. And what, what is the, his title? He's an entrepreneur and author. He wrote a book called Woke Inc. He's on Fox oh, and Friends. Oh, yeah, I've seen him before. Yeah, okay. While. That's the uh, Indian version of Larry Crumble. Yes, yeah. it is. Yeah. <laughs> All right, you would have had to have heard the first part of this show to <laughs> right. appreciate that. Folks. So Larry was on Fox and Friends, uh, and he was discussing Elon Musk's uh, decision not to join Twitter's board of directors. Clip three. I think he's going to be more effective at driving change off the board than on the board. I was personally happy when I saw Elon Musk announce his 9-plus percent stake in the company. I was a little disappointed when I saw them agree to give him one board seat because I know how the managerial class plays this game. He's going to be one of 12 on the board, subject to constraints about what he can and can't say, what he can and can't do, how much more he can and cannot buy up to 14 percent per the standstill agreement. I think he's going to be much more effective now as the top shareholder by far, driving change as a voice from the outside and potentially unconstrained with respect to how much he can actually buy. So I think this is actually a positive development. I think that's kind of 
trying to put some positive spin on it. That, that is interesting, though. I, I did not know that there's a – this shows uh, – I, I don't know much about the the boardroom, mm-hmm. as, as, as uh, uh, Larry Crumbles was yeah. saying. But uh, I didn't realize there was a cap on how much – you uh, you could how many shares you could buy if you're on the board if you're not there's no limit yeah i didn't know either so he could continue to buy up shares and then at some point i think if he has a majority then he can like fire the board i mean i i i I don't know what kind of power that you'd have i don't own many corporations but yeah it's my understanding that a lot of things now are decided and this has been the case for a long time that boards are the ones that actually decide how a company runs right so i that's why i said i think he's kind of trying to put some positive spin on it because it's the board of directors that decides what the company says and does Look, i like uh elon musk uh just from what i see of him mm-hmm. now he's not a christian and he's not a conservative okay he is a libertarian mm-hmm. uh that's his leanings okay but his views are 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 good for our country for the most part, and he is against the woke crowd, mm-hmm. right? Uh, and so, I the fact that he is the richest man on the planet, it's better than having a, a far lefty be the richest right. man on the planet. Okay, he he, he and he's a. He's a very intelligent, obviously he is. Look at the businesses he started and the money that he's made. So uh, I think it's good that he got uh, 9% of Twitter and is going to be able to have – he's going he's to garner now attention. Uh, and when he highlights the uh, censorship going on on the political left through the big social media giants, it's going to be good. Uh, that he he's there to and and they and that they know he's going to call them out on things like that. And Joe Joe Rogan same way. Yeah, the uh, number one podcaster in the world, I guess at least oh, sure. he was at one time. Again, he's not a conservative and he's not a Christian, but he's a libertarian type guy who is willing to call out uh, the woke crowd. You know the 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 woke uh, far left agenda. Is pushing so hard, so fast, they're losing even liberals. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bill Maher, uh, he's a he's a staunch liberal. Sure. And he, it seems like every week now in his HBO show, which I don't watch, I only see clips of and read stories about what he said, because he he has always been a outspoken person, and uh, I never liked him at all. And he's he, an atheist. Yeah, mocks he, Christians. His views. But he even he's coming around now to to seeing how these uh what what the agenda is of these progressive lefties out there. Yeah, if you can't as a as a movement, if you can't keep in the fold comedians, you you're you're in trouble. Not trouble. I'm not saying comedians are all powerful, but they do reflect a certain attitude amongst the general public of nonconformist, you know, we don't like authoritarianism. If you can't hold them in the fold, you're, you're, yeah. you're in trouble. And Bill Maher and others like him are firing back against the woke crowd. It started with cancel culture. And th- that shows to me that they have not waited for the American public 
to adopt these values, these ideas. The woke minority wants to simply impose it, and now they're getting a lot of pushback. They, they, they're really worried about Elon Musk because by they, I mean, these, uh, the, these woke lefties that, uh, are out there in the, in the media world in particular, Washington post, about an editorial and the editor, this was editorial. They were opposing Musk, Elon Musk buying 9% of Twitter saying we don't need the wealthy people controlling free speech or controlling right. speech. Well, the Washington Post is owned by none other than Jeff Bezos. Yes. Who's the second richest person in the world. And is in a space race with, with Musk Elon Musk, right? Yeah. So, yeah, so they that, don't was, have, that was rich. They don't have a problem with rich people. As long as they're liberal. As long as they're liberal. Yeah. And they think like they do. Right. But if they're even libertarian, they don't right. have to be conservative, then then they're, they're worried about the influence that they may have. Yeah. You know, you know it's you know it's getting petty when Bezos strips Musk of his two day shipping on his Amazon Prime account. Did he do that? Uh, probably. I don't know if he hasn't already. He will. I, I'm just saying. It's it's Trump not Bay. that it bothers Elon Musk, but that would be petty to do yeah. that. I am, in all seriousness, no. I I am. I will not be surprised when we wake up one day and we see a headline that says Elon Musk solves time travel because it seems <laughs> like he's involved in everything. He is a he is a very eccentric. Odd, eccentric, uh, but kind of fascinating character. I'm with Tim. I, I, I like I, I like the guy because he doesn't mind sticking a thumb in the right. eye of the woke people. Right. But he does have these just brilliant ideas, and he's just and like you yes. said, it's just interesting to watch. What what is it the guy going to come up with? You know next? what nationality he is? He, South Africa. Yes, right? he's from South Africa. Um, I didn't know that last week. That you asked, and then you answered. Yes. Yeah. It's also worth pointing out, I think, that his businesses exist because of capitalism. Yes. Okay? Elon he know- Musk would Yes, not and operate. he knows that, and he, he promotes capitalism mm-hmm. uh, and freedom. And uh, right. So, all right. Uh, he's also done a lot of charity work to help the people of Ukraine uh, be able Gave to. Gave them his use of his Starlink. Yeah. To be able to fight back against Putin and the Russians. All right, we shall return momentarily with more of today's issues on the American Family Radio Network. Stay with us. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.